Welcome to Sermons from St. David's, a ministry of St. David's Episcopal Church in Southfield, Michigan. It's a chance for us to share a good word of challenge, inspiration, and hope as we walk the journey of faith together. You're welcome to join us on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. for live in-person worship. You can also join our 10 a.m. Eucharist via Zoom. Just go to our website for the meeting ID and password at stdavidssf.org. The prayer of... (laughs) Our centering prayer on your screens, let us pray it together. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, may your will be done through me. Amen. I'm getting older, I guess. Um, I want to start this sermon with a question. Actually, this is a question that Jesus asked later in the Gospel. And he said, who do you think John the Baptist is? Okay, give me an answer. Anyone have an idea? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. But that's not but John didn't do that. <laughs> Jesus did. Prophet. All right. Jesus posed some questions. Who do you think that John the Baptist is? Some of them said, well, he was a prophet. Others said, well, he was Elijah, the one uh, prophet who didn't die, who was taken into heaven. Others said, he's the messenger mentioned in Isaiah. So there were a variety of answers that came. And Jesus said, John is very important. You proceeded to outline how important he was. Now the question is, who do you think John is? And what do you think the message was? Because Jesus asked that question. You went out into the wilderness, John, I mean, Jesus said, what did you expect to see? A man in fine linens? Someone who lives in palaces? Is that what you expected to see? What did you go out in the wilderness to get? Forgiveness of sins, maybe? Then why was he arrested? Why has he been treated so badly? Why has he paid a price for telling the truth? And if he was a herald of me, and he baptized Jesus, he pointed Jesus out to his disciples and said, go follow him, he's the one. He made it clear that he thought Jesus was the one he was coming as the messenger for. Then why are you saying, I'm not? Very interesting questions. Even John the Baptist himself, after he was arrested and put in prison, he came to hear things about Jesus that bothered him. Did you know that? Yeah. 
Because he heard these things and was a little bothered by what he heard, Jesus wasn't being the Messiah that John would have been if he were the Messiah. He sends some disciples to Jesus and asks him. This is the question. Are you the one that we expect? Or should we look for another? Even John had doubts. But what did Jesus say to him? Well, Jesus answered like he normally did. Not very straightforward. He didn't say, yes, go tell John I am. No. He said, do this. Go tell John what you have seen and what you have heard. That healing takes place in my presence and the good news is taken to the poor. And apparently they went back, told John that, and John was satisfied. But the question still remains. Two things. When Jesus gives a witness to his own Messiahship, he mentions two things. Healing takes place in my presence. And the good news is preached to the poor. If churches are the representation of the body of Christ in this world today, those two things have to be done within the framework of the church. If not, then what are we, how are we witnessing the way Christ said he was as a witness to John? But more importantly, what about us as personal, individual witnesses of Jesus Christ? Well, let's go to one of the questions. I mean, we know what healing is about. We offer it every Sunday in the back for anyone who wants to receive healing or to give thanks for healing that has taken place. Don't ever forget that part either. But what, what is the gospel? What is the good news? We've argued about that for 2,000 years. What is the good news that Jesus said he took to the poor? In modern churches today, I'm afraid it's too much oriented to things. But the good news are things. Food, housing, better health. And go through the list. There's a whole bunch of them. And that's not to say those aren't important. They are. And that's not to say that churches and individuals should not support people who struggle to have those things when we are blessed with them to be able to help them. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But is that the good news? I think not. I don't remember Jesus giving housing. <laughs> He made clear he wanted it to happen with people who needed help. But he himself probably didn't do much of that. And yet he gave the good news. What is that good news? Let me give you, let me give you a, a personal story. It, actually, it's not a story. It's a, 
It's parable. I want you to imagine if you are, you're walking, you're down, down in Detroit, you're walking downtown. It's a beautiful day. You're not paying attention to what you're doing much. Looking at the new buildings, there's a very beautiful new building being built there. Get a call down there. And <clears throat> you suddenly become aware of something and you realize you're in the middle of the street. <laughs> you walk out into the middle of the street without being attention and you look up to find that there is a cement truck bearing down on you and the guy's not paying any attention to you. He's looking at a map. You freeze. Just before the truck hits you, someone pushes you from behind and the truck misses you and runs over the person who pushed you. Turn around and look. How do you feel? What are your feelings at that moment? I suspect there are two sets of feelings. One is, whoa, thank goodness it didn't hit me. Right? Fair enough. The second one is, oh my goodness. That person who saved me got hit. Do you feel a little guilt? Yeah. Ambulance shows, picks him up, puts him in the ambulance. He's still alive. Takes him to the hospital. What would you do? Would you maybe go to the hospital to check and see what's going to happen? I mean, you own their life, right? Would you go? Yeah, I think so. Well, you find out that he's going to survive. But he's got a whole lot of broken bones and he's going to be in the hospital for a long time. Would you say, oh, thank goodness. Well, I don't have to worry about it anymore. He's okay. Or would you go back? I think I would want to know him. I want to know what in the world were you thinking? <laughs> thank you very much, but God, I'm a little crazy. So you all want to go in and you have some flowers. He's up there like you see at the movies, you know, <laughs> arms and legs and skewed in the cast and all this stuff. And he says to you, thank you for coming. I appreciate you coming and thank you for the flowers. And I'd like to get to know you more about you, about who you are. But this is very important. Let me say something to you right now. You have no obligation. What I did, I knew the consequences of. I made the choice. I did it myself. And it wouldn't matter who you were. I did it. I don't want any guilt driving our relationship from you. Would that cause you to say, oh, great. I'm done, I don't have to go back. But would you find that sort of interesting? What kind of guy is this? Who wants to set up a relationship recognizing the possibilities of my fears? So you go back. And he turns out he's a funny guy, he's got a great sense of humor, he's very smart, 
it's also very wise. And you enjoy going, and you start going more often. And you meet people who he knows, and you start developing friendships with them. One day while you're visiting, he casually mentions, he says, you know what the worst thing about being in this hospital is they don't have chocolate balls. <laughs> and I love chocolate balls. And you say, well, that's easy to do. So you head out to go get a chocolate ball at a place where you know they serve them. Okay? Five guys. <laughs> As you go in, you meet someone you have not seen in years. A good friend. And you say, oh my gosh. He said, hey, why don't we have, why don't we sit down and eat here? He says, yeah, I'll do that. And I'll get them. You forget the ball. Midnight that night, you go, oh my gosh, I forgot to get my friend the ball. I left him. Guilt comes again, doesn't it? What are you going to do? Well, when I do this with teenagers, they say, well, I'm going to go get two chocolate balls and take them to him. So he has two. I'll apologize. You bring the two chocolate balls, and he says, hey, well, thank you. I appreciate it, but I don't need two chocolate balls. Which you're probably thinking, well, I'll be happy to drink the other one. And he says, but I, have a, I met a little friend yesterday who came in to see me who's in the next room, and he loves chocolate. What would you do? Would you take it to the friend? His friend, because of him, you would take the chocolate ball, right? That's the good news. The good news is Jesus shows us, teaches us, asks us, and sets up relationship with us. To help us be who we really want to be. Who in our heart we desire to be. And when we mess up and when we don't do it right, he forgives us. Good friends, relationships are people who, at least the ones in my life that made a difference in my life, are the ones who wanted a relationship with me from the standpoint of being my friend caring about me and offering me wisdom and advice and support and encouragement to be what I want to be and the best I want to be. And when I mess up, they give me loving critique. They don't ignore that I've messed up. They give me loving critique. They help me understand what I did wrong. Help me have the strength to confess it and go forward and get better. That's who Jesus is. And we can have a relationship with Jesus. It requires spiritual reality, requires some faith, it requires things like that. But I know for a fact you can have a relationship with Jesus. In the same manner that you would if you took the little story I told and recognized what you're offered. What you're offered. The gospel is Jesus 
and the love that comes from God through him to us in that relationship. There you have it. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. And may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.